1: What's up, everybody? It's your coach. Okay, very different podcast today <clears throat> that I'm usually doing, but I love this stuff. I love doing different stuff. I love getting people with different opinions of of, of the world, even of me, of of, of anybody. When Tucker Carlson had Trump on, the it shot through the roof on Twitter, slash X, whatever. It went crazy. I did a post about it. Obviously, my Trump people adored me. My not-so-Trump people destroyed me, hated me, all the classics. But one person in the comments comments said, you should have Coach D on your show. Gave me his link, whatever, and I looked at it. Never heard of Coach D what nobody was doing, but I looked at all the stuff. From California, I'm a Cuban dude from Miami, and super left, super liberal on a lot of things. Um, I love Trump, I love uh, America, I love all the stuff, I focus on, not that he doesn't love America, but I love America and I love the the stuff of America, but the reason why this conference is so important is, A, all all props to this guy for coming on my show. I don't wanna attack him. I don't wanna say, well, why do you say this? Why do you say that? I wanted to focus on number one, what brought us together. A, we're two minorities. B, we're both athletes. C, we're both coaches. He coaches Women's track does very well. The dude's very well spoken. Awesome, he's so consistent, so passionate about what he does. And I wanted to share that. And I think when two sides meet, and if the two sides meet with, hey, what do we have in common first? And then where can we start building together? I think that's the win. I wish this dude would be as he's involved with it on social, He's the guy you need. There's a guy like this that the, that the community can rally around, that the black community leads, that the minority community leads. This is the guy. But he's a teacher. But he's the guy. He's so good. He's passionate. Speaks very well. He could be the face. But that's what. That's why this show for me was so important because it shows if America in 2024 that's coming out we're in the holiday season 2024, if we can rally together, and I believe in this. You believe in that i invite you on my show or you or you invite me on your show and we can have a conversation and say man that's a cool dude that's a cool dude i'm not gonna edit in a way where he looks like a clown or 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 i look bad just it is what it is i think that's huge so with all that hope you enjoy this episode of the coach hp show with my man coach d speaks let's go all right here we go what's up everybody it's your coach welcome to the number one positivity podcast on the internet right now coach hp show all right coach d so i luckily i did a post Uh and and under the in my in my dm somebody tagged you and said this is a real coach this is the (laughs) guy you should be listening to which is cool and that's why i appreciate you uh you coming on Number question number one. Are
0: you a coach of some kind? Yeah, I'm a track and field coach. I'm a college track and field coach. I'm also a professor of health and physical education. Nice, dude. Did you run track yourself? Yeah, I ran track in college. I ran track a little professionally as well. What a what a hurdle sprint? What are we looking sprinter. at? Sprinter. I was a sprinter.
1: Nice, a sprint. man. And you're in California?
0: I'm in California, yeah. Yeah. Born there. No, born in Louisiana actually. Born in New Orleans, Louisiana. Moved to California in the eighth grade, and I've uh, been here since then.
1: Nice, dude. What do you like better?
0: Um, I like California. Um, yeah, I've been California. back times. Love it there as well, but but I like it here. I'm I'm gonna be here for a while. I like it.
1: Coach D, one of the things that I like to do, man, is I, you know, way more political stuff than me so i'm not here to talk to you about political because i have no clue about what you know right but whether i agree with people or not anybody that has the balls to go on camera and post their opinion in my opinion deserves respect man because it's super hard people think it's easy but when you do this it's hard because you're putting what you think out there and whether you care about it or not i think it's a big deal so i wanted to give you credit for doing that
0: Thanks, I appreciate it. Same to you, man. Same yeah, to you. I agree. Yeah. Anytime you're putting yourself out there, you open yourself up to criticism. You open yourself up to everything. And and I'm built for it. You know, I don't buy. It doesn't bother me at all. So I, I enjoy doing it. You know, and and just to give you a little background on me, I I started doing TikToks, um, and I was doing like dance videos with my wife and my daughters, right? Just whatever, just having fun because some of my athletes were like. I was posting videos on Instagram, and they were like, "Hey, coach, those videos you post on Instagram, you should do that on TikTok." I had never heard of TikTok. Um, I listened to Gary V. Gary V. says something about like, "Hey, if you're a little older, you should get on TikTok right now because you'll be at the you'll be on the cutting edge of it." So my athletes were saying it. Gary V. said it. I jumped on TikTok. Then the George Floyd thing happened. I made one video about you know, hey, these c- cops should be held accountable or whatever, and that's when um, I had already had like gotten a, about a hundred thousand. People following just for my no dancing, yeah. And then when I did the George Floyd thing, it just shot up more to like two hundred thousand. You know, now I'm at three hundred thirty thousand. And most people who follow me on there want to hear my political commentary. Um, and it's funny because my wife is happy because she's like, I don't have to dance anymore, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and my daughters, honestly, um, they're they're not like they don't really care about being on social media and stuff like that. They're both college track athletes as well right now. Um, so yeah, so that's how, it st- that's how it started basically. And so my whole political thing was, I really wasn't trying to get into that, but the George Floyd thing happened and then more people were asking me, hey, what, what do you think about this and that? So it became its own little animal and that's how I got got into it really.
1: But the, when I see people that have talents, right? With, mm-hmm. with you, you clearly have a, a talent in what you do. Have you, because you speak very well, like even, and, and it's hard to freestyle because you're not reading a script, but you don't mumble, you don't like, uh, cause when I speak, I speak very passionate, but maybe because mm-hmm. it ain't my first language, like I'll like, I'll, like get something, you don't, you speak very clean and very to a point, man. Do you in your brain, have you thought of becoming a politician at all?
0: No, you know, so my, my background was in um, mass communication and broadcast journalism. So I, I got a bachelor's degree in that. Um, I did a little bit of television and radio, And then I went back to school to get my master's so that I could teach and coach at a junior college. And, um, you know, I've thought about politics in the earlier on, but I think politics are dirty, man. I I just think it I think it's muddy and I don't want to really become that, you know, so I would rather talk about politics. I'd rather I'll consult with people who are in politics. I'll I'll advise people. But as far as like getting into it, actually putting my hat into the ring, I don't see myself doing that. I've been asked to do that by a few people. Um, but but honestly, if people um I don't know if my politics fits in with with the Democrats enough or the Republicans enough or anything like I mean, you see my stuff and I'm definitely a progressive, but um there's probably some areas where I think um, you know, I think right now these days, you have to be pretty polarized. You have to be like you gotta choose one side and you gotta be full line that side or full line the other. Um so I'd rather just give my opinions on things, really. Yeah, dude, I I completely agree. By the way, Gary V my boy,
1: so that's uh, that's funny that you said that. That's that's awesome. He's nice. the best man. He's the best. Yeah. Okay. So when I love that you said the thing of you gotta be an extremist, right? Because mm-hmm. the the video that I posted was it was Anderson, it was Anderson Cooper, it was uh, Tucker Carlson and Trump, right? And I spoke over it. You know how like you've done it too, like where you have them in the background, I'm speaking and i mm-hmm. said listen look it was they have 246 million views on x or twitter whatever mm-hmm. and much like i did it also like a year ago when trump went on the NELK podcast mm-hmm. i just celebrated the fact that that's the new medium you know not necessarily that i ever say hey trump is going to win or that person going to or did i say to but i put these guys look are the new platform where people can say their truth right and then I get destroyed by people who are like, oh, thank you for reminding me to unfollow you. And all that stuff, I put the Trump stuff, whatever, which is, which it is, what it is. You get the reverse. When you go with your opinion, you get people that just come out of nowhere. And they, it sucks so then you'll get the racist stuff, which sucks. You know, the like, that put you down and stuff like that, whatever, right? A guy like you, I think is important because you understand that you can't be all the way to the left or all the way to the right, right? How do you... When you look at your content, man, do you you think of trying to balance that at all? Or are you like, listen, I'll just keep going one way and see how that goes? How do you think about that?
0: So there's there's certain things that I'm more passionate about than others. And so I'll try to touch on those more than anything. Um, And it's not really about balancing for me. Like... Like, I'll just say, like, I got the same as you. Right. When I when I transition from like just dance videos to doing politics, people are like, ah, I didn't come on here to see you talk about politics. I come here to see you dance like like, first of all, don't try to tell me what to do. Right. Like, right, I, right, it's right. My, you know, I've had a lot of people come on my platform and ask me, oh, why don't you balance this out more? And I just tell them, "Yo, you have a page, too. Like, if there are things on my page you don't see that you think should be out there. Talk about those, but things that I'm passionate about, I'm passionate about women's rights. I have a wife and two daughters, man. I, I want to see people respect them. I want to see you know women be respected. I want to see women have rights and stuff. I'm passionate about you know black issues. I'm passionate about seeing the black community get uplifted, you know. Um, and that's that's by any means, you know. I mean, I, I I want. I think there's a there's a there's a piece of government intervention that needs to happen. But you know, as a black man who 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 advises black students and black athletes. I tell them like like yo like let's let's get things done as well you know sometimes I feel like as a progressive or people call me a liberal democrat or whatever they think that as a black man I'm just out there telling kids to be be you know, oh just be a victim or whatever you know like just try to get you know reparations and blah 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 now my my conversations with 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 black men athletes is be a respectable person, try to take this track. I'm a track coach. Try to take this track to to parlay that into a good life. Like I, I have a good life. Like people always say, oh, you're being a victim. If you look at my videos and stuff in, in my home and in my backyard, like I live a good life. I can admit that. But that doesn't mean I'm gonna turn my back on people who don't. So I'm an advocate for people. I'm always gonna be. and sometimes that can be taken as oh you're you're too liberal or you too this and that. If, if you want to call me that, fine. But I'm going to advocate for people. I'm going to advocate for women. I'm going to advocate for Black people. I'm going to advocate for Hispanics. I'm going to advocate for, you know, even the, LG, the LGBTQ community. You know, I'll have people say, oh, you know, like, they always want to go to the extremes and stuff, where I'm more of an advocate for just respect people. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have people in my classes who are transgender. I have people in my classes who are gay, bi, and this and that. My My opinion is respect them. Like, you can have... Your thoughts about them in your head or whatever, but 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 like, to a person, like just respect people. That that's really where I stand. So so I try not to touch on too many things that that I'm not passionate about, and right. I guess that come off as like not balancing things.
1: Yeah, I get it. No, I completely understand, mm-hmm. Coach
0: D. How did you? Because I could tell, I could tell by
1: the videos you're not like in the hood. You know what I'm saying? Like like, and the way you speak is like a guy who's successful, right? Like there's mm-hmm. success there. And there's happiness there.
0: There's yeah, not like a yeah. guy
1: who's like miserable or with his life or any of that, right? How what do you think what do you think got you to be more successful than than let's say the people you are representing or talking about? Is that because Pops was involved? Is that because your dad wasn't involved and you made a choice yourself through sports, whatever? How come you didn't fall to traps that people are falling
0: into? So that, I'm glad you asked this question because you're about to hear a lot about. Th- this is going to make sense to you a lot more. So I grew up in New Orleans, Louisiana. My father was abusive to my mother. We moved in the middle of the night. My mother. So my 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 uncle went to the military. After going into the military, he got a job at the Lawrence Livermore Lab, which is in Livermore. It's a big lab out there, um, NASA type of stuff or whatever. He was a police officer there. We woke up in the, my mom woke us basically up in the middle of the night and said put what you can in these bags we're leaving because she wanted to escape my father and escape the ghetto that we lived in we moved to a small town in california because my uncle bought a house there so we moved from new orleans louisiana the hood to a small town in california um my opportunity got better so when i talk about advocating it's because i know that the community i grew up in if it was given the resources of the community I moved into when we left New Orleans, more people would thrive as well. So uh, my uncle gave us a better life. Um, I had an older brother who, um, when I was 15 years old, he was 19 years old. He decided he's going to move back to New Orleans. He was in the drug game, the, the, the gang game and everything like that. Um, he was shot and killed while he, after he moved back to New Orleans. Um, that was a big eye-opening experience for me as well, even though I didn't live in the hood anymore at all. I grew up in a small white town. Um, so fast forward, if you want to know what got me here, one, coaches. My dad wasn't in the picture at all. I had some very good coaches, um, men, women who, who who had my back. My mom worked three jobs, was on welfare, went to college, did all those things, you know, um, things that many people will say, well, dang, man, like she did it, you know, but my thing is like, why did she have to do that? You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's, a, that's a hard life to have to do in order to get me where I am today. So, um, so track and field, coaches, my mother got me to college. Once I got to college, that environment, you know, the guys that I hung out with, the clubs I was in, the track program, that kept me focused, right? I always wanted to do something. I was, even though I grew up in the hood, I had two older brothers who really protected me a lot, so I didn't have to fight and stuff like that. You know, I was kind of like just the dude who was just, you know, cool, like, you know, trying to run track, trying to play sports or whatever. Um, So that kept me out of things. But, you know, I have uh, my dad had two other two, three other kids with another woman. And one of those guys was shot and killed as well. So I have a brother and a stepbrother who were both killed because of the drug in the gang life and stuff. Um, so there was a choice in there at some point where, um, when I was in, when I was in high school, I got into a little bit of trouble, you know, it was a big culture shock moving from a fully black area to a fully white area. Um, so that changed a little bit about me as well. But, but I think, um, I think just like aspiring to be something, you know, I had a lot of coaches sit me down and say, listen, man, like you're, you're a smart dude but you're not like showing that right now. You're not applying yourself, you know? And so I started to apply myself a little bit more. And these are the conversations I have with my athletes. Like this is why I'm where I am today. Like people ask me, oh man, cause I've had a lot of success as a JUCO coach and people be like, man, why don't you go to the division one level? I don't want to be at the division one level. I want to be at the JUCO where kids need a, a, a successful black role model, a, a person of color to be a role model to them. So I'm going to be here, you know, probably forever. Um, because I nice. like so. so um, long story short, to answer your question, it was it was my mother, good coaches, just having good role models that that kind of kept on getting on me. Like, dude, like let's do this right or whatever, you know. So that's that's what got me there. Um, that's great, dude. Yeah, you you got lucky, man. Because I always
1: so I'm Cuban, right? And I was born in Cuba, but I was raised here. And to me. It's like every, this is me growing up now, like every four years, whatever politician was running for office, whatever, which is usually, for the majority of the time it was Republican. Then it was a little bit Democrat, but then Miami now is really Republican, right? Everybody would come down to Miami and whatever politician it was, Trump wouldn't do this, but everybody else, they wear like a guayabera, which is like a standard. You know what a guayabera is? It's like the like the linen long sleeve thing that uh, that you were in Cuba, and so they'll wear that. Uh, yeah, yeah, those, they- yeah, they wear the. You see the Dominican and in, in Jamaica, so they'll wear one of those. They'll say Cuba Libre, Cuba Libre, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get the vote, get out of here, and not do never nothing with Cuba ever, right? Mm-hmm. So I almost feel, in essence, in the black community, that happens too, right? So it's literally like they get used, they get this, and whatever funding goes, like nothing's happening, and whatever, man what would you do if let's say they put you in power now right Mm -hmm. what do you do like let's say like an example like today uh it just came out that um in san francisco whether it's nordstrom or saxon avenue they got out of san francisco because Mm -hmm. of the crime whatever right you're in charge of california now knowing what you know i think anybody that has a family the first thing is safety because man if Mm -hmm. you don't have safety we're in trouble right how do you change that, man?
0: Hey, man, this is such a hard thing because I, I talk to people about this. I first I think I think resources are important. I believe in law enforcement. I believe that, and I think most black communities believe in law enforcement. We believe in law enforcement that's held accountable as well. So I believe in law enforcement. So one, we gotta we gotta get crime down, right? Um, but I but I don't think the way you do it is just by going in and saying, We're going to set these laws and we're going to abide by them. And if you fall into that, you're getting arrested. I, I feel like this, I grew up in a full black community and I grew up in a full white community. My white community that I grew up in had way more resources than that black community did. So when people talk about reparations, right? People talk about reparations. I believe in reparations in the form of like funding communities more, right? Like You look at, like, people will always have a problem with, like, money, right? Oh, where's that money going to come from? Tax dollars this, tax dollars that. Like, in 2022, we paid $84 million for military members to get Viagra. I know for sure right now, because I talk to people, uh, I'm not going to give too much information, but I just know that there are people who have, you know, said they needed, Sorry, said they needed Viagra just so that they could get it is in the military and sell it on the street. Like, let's say we took that 84 million and we said, hey, Y'all, y'all got to find a way to get your erection on your own damn way. You know, we take that 84 million per year. We say, let's invest that into a community, a community that doesn't have sidewalks, a community that, that doesn't have like grocery stores or that has jobs within like walking distance or or a bus ride away so that we can give these like parents like I don't believe there are people in the hood in the ghetto, on welfare even, who want to be in that situation. Are there some? Yes. But we, we've we we've vilified like poor people so much in this country. It's like, oh, they're poor? That's because they want to be that way. Oh, look at that person. They're able-bodied and they're sitting home and they're doing nothing. That's like this percentage of it. The average person is my mother. Three jobs, going to college, raising two kids, trying to do something so that she can put back into the system that gave to her. So my thing is, Do we need law enforcement? Absolutely, we do. We need to make sure that we keep crime down so families can want to live amongst each other. Right. And then, two, we need to fully resource like books in my community were torn up. They were were never renewed. You give people something to be proud of. I guarantee you they're going to take care of it. Like my community I live in now that I grew up in is where it is because it had more resources. And this these are historical things. And a lot right. of people don't talk about this, but these are historical things. You have to go back. If you if you want to talk about a ghetto, you gotta talk about how a ghetto became that. Like People don't move into a place and go, I want to turn it into this. Like, remember, they were redlined into these areas. Right. They were put into some of these areas where people live right now that we call ghettos, right, the hood or whatever. They were redlined into those areas. They were made to be they were put there by the government said, you can't buy homes over here. You can only get homes over here. So now you have them in an area that has less resources. Right. Their 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 property. um, their property, their 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 taxes are paid by property value, right? Property value is lower, so the so those taxes, the tax dollars in that community pays for schools, books, you know, transportation, all that. You have less in these ghettos because there's less there's less capital in there. So what do you get? You get you get people who don't have things to be proud of. You have you have families who don't have uh, a a. You know industry to go to to find a good job like there's nothing but jobs where i grew where i live right now if i go to oakland certain parts to there you don't have a good job within 10 miles of your area you're working fast food you know corner stores those things are, are are prevalent in these communities you try to put a corner store in my in my neighborhood right now the entire community would would have an uproar you do it in the ghetto you don't have that as much. And, and, and even if you did, they do it anyway.
1: No, and it takes also like a superwoman like your mom to do a tremendous effort, you know, and have the she got the break that your uncle was a stand-up guy and was able mm-hmm. to help you guys out, which is a big deal, man. When I usually, I never have these conversations because I'm usually, I'm in the parenting sports world. So mm-hmm. race and stuff like that doesn't enter. And and. I lived in Los Angeles for six years. I lived in Las Vegas for four, but I've grown up here in Miami, and Miami is almost like reverse racism, because if you don't speak Spanish (laughs) or Latin, we're the majority here, right? So the Americans here, they hey, like nobody here speaks English, you know? I mean, it's it's like you go to a store, a gas station, if you don't speak Spanish, it's like the reverse, right? But when the George Floyd thing happened, a lot of people reached out to me, and they Mm -hmm. asked me. like from both sides, right, whether it was black friends of mine or white friends of mine or white athletes, black athletes. And when the Mets and when baseball started to protest, like take a knee and all that stuff, a lot of people asked me, they asked me for my opinion, and I've never been scared to share my opinion because, number one, I've always come from a place of good, even if, let's say, it was a wrong opinion or people agree with it man i want everybody to win i want you to win i want the old version of you to win i want i, I want everybody to win right so i don't want to see if you agree with the advice that i said so i said because you're like oh this is not good for kids to see this blah blah whatever right this my opinion was this i go number one kids no matter what you are you need to see the realities of the world that's number one Mm -hmm. Right, so you have to be exposed to I look this is happening because this is isn't that right? The -hmm. people that were against George Floyd like yeah, this guy was a criminal. He's been a bad person his whole life, blah blah, blah, right? The neutral part of that. Yeah, but he doesn't deserve to die that way There's Mm -hmm. there's way there's punishable ways for crimes, but that was not a way to do it, right? So what I came and said I go listen my dad Just like your dad my dad not only abused my mom but abused the shit out of me like just crazy to a point like really, 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 really bad, right? But my dad has a couple of good things, like all evil people or people that have done bad do. And one of the things was, I was with him 24 Mm seven. So he was constantly, Coach D, educating me on life. And my dad prepared me for everything except to deal with him. So if you take away me dealing with him, the dude prepared me for everything, right? So he would come and tell me, If you ever have any issues with the police, two hands on the steering wheel, yes sir, no sir, answer the questions and we take it from there, right? Now, Mm -hmm. I now understand which which coincidentally happened the other day uh, at a Whole Foods. There was a mistake, somebody called somebody, I'm with my daughter, they described a bald guy with tattoos, I'm bald with tattoos and (laughs) Not only that, a police comes out of the corner as I'm in the Whole Foods putting my my daughter in a Tesla, right? Not to a criminal doing criminal but in a Tesla, right? And in a, in a plaid, and all of a sudden, a police officer comes out, draws his gun on me, out of nowhere, right? My four-year-old daughter's in the back. I'm a 44-year-old man that understands the image that I portray. If you don't know me, so I'm always trying to diffuse people with positivity and kindness, just so you don't think I'm a bad person, right? So there's no, like, hey, there's no threat to anything, right? But I know this as a 40-year-old man. So not only am I doing that, but I'm holding in my hand because since I work with everybody's kids, I'm friends with the mayor, with with a Mm -hmm. bunch of are a badge that the guy gave me, and I'm holding this up in the air, Okay. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what to do, right? The guy comes to the corner on top of that, Coach D. I recognize the guy because he went to my high school. Mm. So I lower, I lower the window. I go, dude, I can't shut this car off, bro. But didn't we go to high school together? He said, yeah, so? I will, So he explained to me all stuff, right? Mm-hmm. What I want to tell you is I got lucky enough, in some sense, that I had an adult constantly preach to me what to do mm-hmm. right what happens is as you know the coolest thing in the culture or as even as a teenager is to look like a rapper or an athlete whatever right mm-hmm. that isn't there's certain responsibilities carried with certain looks right when that happens to a kid who's 18 20 years old, whatever that looks like a criminal whether he has dread or not dredge or tasks like me or whatever and he hasn't been prepped what to do, Mm -hmm. that's going to be trouble for everybody involved, right? Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that guy should get killed, guy should abuse, whatever, and we all know that happened, right? But I think that's one of the things we got to talk about to every junior high school, every high school kid of everything, whatever, because now what you would see happen was, and and sometimes it'd be good, uh, so this, this, this. now the first thing to do is they raise the camera and go, yeah, uh huh, and what? Yeah. So now you're provoking a guy to now do a certain thing, you know. So I wanted to get your opinion on that, and what did you think about that? And was my advice right that yeah. I think people should should learn those skills at least so you could get to a place where representation comes in versus make an officer make a, a move on you that it's not going to be good.
0: So too, so so my sister was a police officer. Um, her husband's still a police officer. Um, I've, I've been, you know, the, the, the letter of recommendation for many of my former athletes who are police officers as well. So I respect what they do. Um, one thing I want to ask you though, is doesn't it suck to always feel like you have to diffuse other people's biases? Like, like, why do you, because you have tattoos have to go around and, 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 and put on a happy face all the time? Like, you deserve to have a bad day and not have people think, ah, oh, this, this guy, he, 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 you know, he looks like he might be threatening. Like, like we don't see. And, and this is a thing, like only black people and people of color, um, really have this experience. Like my white friends will literally tell me, I have a white friend right now. I told him that I'm, I'm trying to get a CCW right. Uh, to conceal, conceal carry. And he's like, man, I'm going to be real with you. I carry sometimes I don't have a CCW. He's like, I realize you don't have that privilege, man, but I do sometimes anyway. Like, same thing with, with like, you know, like, I feel like Blacks and Latinos, like, we, and, and dude, you and I, we we both, I, I I empathize with you on this, because I do it too. We have to go around at all times, like, making sure people know, like, we're one of the good ones. Like, that's their problem, though. I, I shouldn't have to hide my emotions sometimes. Like, there are times in meetings I've been, you know, like, you're a professional, obviously, right? Um, I'm a professional. We should be able to sit in a meeting and, and have a bad day because I don't think a white person, I don't think, and I shouldn't say a white person. I should say in general, I don't think white people are having this conversation where they're like, I always have to diffuse other people's biases. I always have to make sure people know I'm a good person. I don't think they're having those conversations. Like, And I think we do ourselves a disservice when we start to judge people because they got tattoos. Like. You're obviously a good dude, so if I if I walk by you in a, in a in a in a in a store or whatever, and I give you the dirty look or whatever because I have this perception of you because you have tattoos, I could be missing out on somebody that's a good person. You might I might walk into an interview one day. I mean, you're a coach or whatever, right? You saw me in the store. I gave you a dirty look because you got tattoos. One day I walk into an interview and you're the interviewee. Like, I think we should just respect people more. Now, having said that. Yes, I think that there are times and, and and this is this is you know something that some people have a problem with and I've said this on my TikToks and on my videos. There are times I watch these videos, interactions with police officers, and I think to myself, damn, I wish that guy would have done something different there. The 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 person, the 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 criminal or whatever, right? Man, I wish I wish when that cop said, Hey, show me your hands, he would have just shown his hands. I do. And I've even said, you know, if I were with my black friend, if me and my black friend were were hanging out, and a cop pulled a gun on us, and he's like, "Get on the ground, get on the ground," and I and I was on the ground, and my friend wasn't, I would pull his ass to the ground because I'd be like, "Bro, I want you to live to see the next day." Yeah. So, but on, but again, doesn't it suck that your dad had to coach you up? Like, do you think that conversation is happening? In white homes, as much as it's happening in the homes of people of color. No, no, and, and then we're, we become victims of.
1: Uh, I don't think about it that way because I'm programmed this way. But mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. I I made a choice to get the tattoos. You didn't make a choice to be black. You know what I'm saying? That's Absolutely. where
0: that's yeah. where
1: I hold and I hold myself accountable for. It, you know, not my hair. You got the good hair. I did it, so I had to lose <laughs> it. I'm- I,
0: and, hey, my dad, my brothers, they all lost their hair. I don't know how I'm still holding on to it, so I don't want to jinx. Your
1: head. You're fighting the good fight, buddy. But <laughs> it's just something that I think that if more people, no matter what side you're on of the spectrum, would have conversations like this and say, okay, what's better for the kids of today? How can we prepare more? What are the resources? Oh, send guys like Coach D back to the hood to to help out that's the perfect guy coach d you want to go back to the hood? you're like nah, man i'm good i'm done there okay what mm-hmm. if we work out a thing a guy like you that has influence whatever that gets it what if we pay you whatever you make we will double your salary we will help you to go because that's the people that i think i think a guy like you has those responsibilities because you have influence right and people listen to you and you need a show and you should do something because I think it's it's key. And whether you go after like people like Candace Owen or you hold them accountable or whatever. I think it's good because you bring a balance into a place that that people should listen to. And they could be like, oh, I don't agree or, or I do agree, but at least they show something because then what happened is they force you to stay in a place that that, uh, that you're doing great, right? but the problem is still going to be the problem right -hmm. you're going to help out division one athletes or juco guys that could run whatever but that's what sucks in all this because unless you like guys like you don't help the real people that need it you know or the real dads that are right now messing up and you're like dude what are you doing bro okay you don't want to be with your baby mama or your wife or whatever but stay involved with the kid man you know or to talk to the cops say, listen be involved in these kids' league, get in a football league, get in a baseball, do something so you're not the enemy. But that's how that's how I see it, man. Let me ask you a question about this to get your opinion on this one. So Donald Trump, right? Mm-hmm. When I'll never forget, because to me, no matter what side you're on, everybody's pulling their own scam.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Everybody's running their own play, right? And I'll never forget, uh, Russell Simmons used to have a TV show called it was something with russell where he used to show his life whatever and he had like interns and stuff like that and he called up donald trump to donate some money he's like donald bro and they were talking bro more friendlier than me and you they were Mm -hmm. all friends right yeah and what it looks like to me is as long as like and obviously he's been in a bunch of rap songs till he became everybody loved him right it's like if we are all rich and we're going after these models, life is awesome. That's our job, right? We're all winning together. The only yep. strategy is, Coach D, who do you like, man? Oh, you got the brunette? No worry, brother. I'll get the blonde. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's that. Life is great. We're all on our private plate or whatever. But the minute somebody crosses the line to the other side or to whatever, man. I just wish whether you hated Trump or not, one person will come on and say, listen, that was my boy. I hate everything he says politically, bro. Because mm-hmm. like i give you something. There's a lot of things I love about Trump. I hate the fact that he allows a, race, a racist thing to continue around him. Whether he's racist or not, or he is or whatever, the fact that he allows that or, and it's almost like, no, no, that's the vote, you know? Let me just, you know, that's what sucks to me about this whole thing, because if he doesn't play that game, right? It gets in trouble. And one more thing and then I'll get your opinion. What I what a guy like me loved about the Trump presidency is there was no threat international. There was, there was a lot of safety, there was money, there was this, there was that, right? What sucks about it, what sucked about it is, bro, the riots, the this, the that, like there was a lot of turmoil, right? Now there's turmoil in reverse. Now there's people robbing stores, doing this, doing that, that before, mm-hmm. you know, wasn't wasn't the case, man. What do you think about that, that I said about the Trump and the Russell Simmons things and the whole thing?
0: Yeah, so I think that, um, I want to say first, you were talking about um, having someone like me go back to the hood or having people, I, that that's basically what diversity, equity, and, and inclusion is, which the right seems to want to demonize. Like, just saying, hey, having... Like I have a friend who does diversity, equity, inclusion things at 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 uh companies, right? And basically they just go in and say, listen, there are things that you may not get about black kids coming to work for you. They're they're gonna work well and all that, you know. I think sometimes people people will think that like black people are ghetto because they're loud. Like black people are just loud. Slave like loud being loud goes back to slavery. Slaves would like sing and dance and like they try to enjoy themselves and and uh, make good of a horrible situation, right? Um, so, so I think diversity and equity inclusion is kind of what you're talking about, but that's become like this horrible buzzword now, um, with Donald Trump, I think you answered your question, honestly. I think people who have privilege together, they, they, it, 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 like, I think, I think you have rappers who probably sat in parties with Donald Trump. I'm not saying like maybe said the N word or something, but said some off base stuff, but they're like, man, we're all in here. Drinking together, having fun, we got girls and all this, you know. I've said this many times. Like when I look at um some of the people, some of the people who kind of worship Donald Trump or whatever that are men, I think it's because they aspire to be a rich guy who gets to like get all the girls, disrespect women in public, and he still became president, you know. Um, the racial thing, I think you said it too. He leverages races for votes. And it's and it's unfortunate because What that does is like, like I've called him racist many times because my thing is this. If you know that this voting populace is racist and someone asks you, like, why don't you denounce that? And you don't. You're leveraging that for votes. And I get it. It's like you said, man, we're all trying to do. There's a lot of scamming going on. You know, I was telling my friend the other day, being in this game now, like being in this whole TikTok, Instagram world now and 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 seeing, you know, money flowing into it, you know, I'm realizing a lot of people are saying things online just to get views and get money.
1: Yeah.
0: And I feel like our presidential candidates are doing that as well. And, you know, you know, I think the difference in a lot of ways between Republicans and Democrats sometimes is that I do feel like Democrats are trying to do more for people, you know, and even just like for the for the common man, for like the the you know, just like you know, we want to get you know healthcare for people for everybody. You know, like why can't we? We we literally will throw three hundred billion dollars at a bunch of banks if they are going to go under, but we got people who go to the hospital and have to take out second mortgages on their home because we've allowed like the the, the medical industry to overprice everything and just just gouge us to death. Right? We can we can allow you know subsidies. For banks and the oil industry and, and farmers, but we don't want to subsidize poor people. We can give, you know, bro, Ukraine.
1: Um, Ukraine's out of control, bro.
0: The money there yeah. is like crazy. We give money to other countries, not just Ukraine. Like I think there's an interest in not allowing a dictator like like Putin to just go in and say we're going to take over Ukraine, right? But like, you know, I don't know. Like we throw that around a lot too with the money in Ukraine. But like, let's, you know that I feel like every, every president, when they sign budgets, they send money to other countries. So, and, and, and a lot of these Republicans who are like, we should be, they're still signing those budgets as well. Right. But then you have these same Republicans who got like PPP loans, right. They got those, those paycheck protection, protection loans. Right. And they, they got those forgiven, but you ask them to forgive, you know, the common person's $10,000 of their student loan debt. Oh, that's socialism. You know, it's like, We've had socialism for, for rich people forever. But we demonize poor people. Like, poor people need... Honestly, poor people need lobbyists. That's the difference. If poor people had lobbyists, we wouldn't be sitting here. We sit here... We I, I watch people who are literally in the same tax bracket dog each other because one of them is getting a little bit of government assistance and one of them, them isn't. We give government assistance to corporations every day, all day, all the time. Government assistance to politicians all the time like if we look at the budget that politicians use just to just to put furniture in their offices like yeah it's crazy you know the the, the, the cars that they drive the gas that they get i watch these politicians fly all around the world and, and and do like little speeches so that that way they can say they did a job but they're really out partying and stuff you know and this is both this is both like i read a book called um read a book called Throw Them All Out, right? It was about how politicians get rich while they're in the government. And they all do, like every last one of them. Lauren Bober wasn't as rich as she is. Nancy Pelosi wasn't as rich as she is. green yeah. um, All these people get rich while they are in politics. And so a lot of people on the left and on the right don't like to hear both sides of the argument, don't like to hear, oh, both sides are doing this. But let's be real here. Both sides are doing a lot of scammy stuff. And, and and we're all down here arguing in on their behalf, like yeah. me, probably close to the same tax bracket. I can find, I can get 30 people in a room. Right. All about the same. And we're going to argue on behalf of Republicans and Democrats who are all getting rich off of us. Like we should be the ones in control, but we're allowing them to be in control and we're allowing them to be the puppet masters. Right. And make us argue with each other over them making more money. It's crazy to me, man. It's crazy to me.
1: Absolutely right. Two more questions, Coach. Number one, where do you get all your information from? Like, you have great sources. You're, you're like, on to date with stuff. What do you like to get your information from?
0: I read read a lot, man. I read a lot of books. I read a lot online. I try to – I watch Fox News. I watch Newsmax. I watch OAN. I don't know how I find the time, but I do. Um, I just – I just try to sur- I just try to suck up all the information I can, man. I, I don't want to go into anything unprepared. You know, like like, you know, even doing this podcast with you, I'm like, oh, I wonder where he's gonna want to go with this. You know, I don't know if you wanted to debate or whatever, you know. I just knew you wanted to talk. So I'm like, I just I just try to get prepared. So I, I read a lot, man. I, I suck up information. I I I I listen to CNN, but I listen to both sides of of the right and the left. I watch a lot of politicians on both sides. I used to consider myself a black conservative up until around the age of 25 years old. And then I started to become I started to realize like that we were being played kind of by by these parties and stuff. So I became more progressive. So my I don't have a political party as much as I have political beliefs and 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 ideologies and just and just morals, you know. I just I live off of morals, man. I, I try to be the most moral person I can be, try to be a loving husband, a loving father. And, and advocate for people. And that's what I'm always going to do. I love it. I love it.
1: Two questions. I want one more. I'm going to add another question in there. You wish you had a boy? No, no.
0: Nah. Uh, I when obviously when my wife was pregnant the first time, oh, I want me a boy and all this, but man, listen, I'm a track, I'm a track coach and a track guy. My daughters are studs, man. They're, they're both, uh, they're both D1 athletes with with scholarships. And uh well, my daughter's coming here for this year, but she was offered scholarships and wanted to come and run for me for a year first, you know. But my other daughter just graduated. She's in the graduate school right now and got another year yes. of track. So um, I, I man, maybe when I was younger I did, but once I had one girl, I was like, Oh, this is this is my jam right here, man. So I was happy to have two girls. Now, what I do wish is I had three more kids because I'm 48 years old, my youngest is 18. And she's about to leave the house, man. And and I just I I love this. I love the whole process, man. It was it was so good, man. So your how old is your daughter? Four. And is that your only one? No,
1: I have a two-year-old boy. So a four-year-old girl, a two-year-old boy.
0: Yeah, man. I if I, I mean you're forty-four, you said. Um, I try to give advice. I I mean. If you love it the way I did, man, have more of them little mugs, man. You're 44, though. It might be like, man, I don't know if I want to keep up. A- it's keep- hard,
1: dude, because I'm slanging positivity 24-7, and I married the love of my life, who ironically, we went to high school together. We're in the same grade, and she's same. 44 also.
0: Same so, here, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, bro. So so it's like it's if she if would have paid attention to me in high school, I was telling you yesterday, we probably would have had 10. But because I got her late in life, you know, yeah. I, I got married at 30. I got look, I got married at 37, which is kind of a good age and stuff like that. I think it's, uh, it's, uh, it's interesting there. Dude, I can't thank you so much for taking the time and coming on here, brother. I always ask people before I end, man, any questions for me or anything I can help you with?
0: Um no nah, man I thought I think it was a good interview and I I'm glad I got to know you man I think it was good and 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 again I think I think you're right I think more people need to have these conversations um I think we find that we have a lot more in common than than not and I think sometimes social media and and this 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 whole you know world of like politics and stuff kind of drives us apart and so um, I try my best to have these conversations with as many people as I can on both sides of it, you know. Um, so yeah, no, dude, I, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it, and um, anytime you ever want me to come on, always, always. I man. love this dude. You know it's who you good. remind
1: me a lot. Do you know who uh, Mo Wells is, Maurice Wells? No, I don't. He's uh, he went to LSU. And he was a track guy. He's the he's the trainer now for uh, John Moran. He does all the LSU guys. One of the best trainers in the country. And okay. he, uh he, now he's private, doesn't. But he gets all the LSU guys. Odell Beckham Jr. has everybody. You're a cool guy. Like you he reminds me of you a lot. Yeah, have the same yeah. thing.
0: Thanks, man. Thanks, I appreciate it, dude.
1: Appreciate I'm time- gonna send. I'm gonna send you this after. I'll get your email, and once I pull it through, I'll give it to you it, and you can do whatever you want with it, brother.
0: Thanks, man. I appreciate it.
1: Keep fighting the good
0: fight, okay? For sure, man. Every Take day. Take it <laughs> easy. All right, bro. See you later. Bye.